0: Hey, this is Danny from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you guys are listening to the BS Podcast Network.
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. My name is Austin, today I'm joined with... Chris! No George today, until a little later when we uh, get to the next part of this episode. But we're talking about the independent film, Who's With Me? And we're actually going to have an interview with the director of the film here a little bit later in the episode. So, it should be exciting, but we're going to jump right into it. Everybody, Chris, we just finished watching this movie. What... Off the top of your head right now, we watched it. We just finished watching it maybe 15 minutes ago. What's going on in your head right now? Also, probably fair warning, there may be some spoilers. So if you want to watch it first, the link for the film will be down in the the description uh, of this episode or the show notes, as some may know it. But please go watch it first. If you haven't yet, or if you don't care about spoilers, you can just listen. But Chris, please. Okay, so we just got finished watching it. So quick rundown it's a sci-fi horror quarantine type movie yes which was which once you watch the movie you're like okay if that makes sense quick synopsis is basically like uh you know this guy wakes up all the like the power went out his alarm clock reset and on the tv there was nothing but like a uh an error or a warning message saying you know oh there's there's poison air the the the, the air levels are toxic. The air has outstanding toxicity level. they just happen to be in l a that's every day <laughs> It's the
0: poverty hit clouds the air
1: um however, so he's like, "Well, what the hell's going on? He looks at his window there's like he's like sealed in by like this like black metal stuff on like all the windows so and the only person he could talk to or get a hold of is his one neighbor through the wall um so. You know, we see him kinda like lose it and kind of try to like figure out what's going on and like the warning messages update and you know, he flips out. That's a very like no not really spoiler ish view of the movie. Like that's just the basic outline of the stuff that happened. The movie was very okay, so one, it's an independent movie. Right? So this is like low budget. I think this was his first film, yes? Uh no, I believe he said he had done some other things you did beforehand. beforehand. That is, he did say that That is correct Um Let's see I want to talk about I don't want to just talk about The end of the movie I want to talk about The start of the movie Well you we can talk about The end you can talk about Whatever you want This is our show But Austin Our viewers are Expecting us to go In a certain order Okay I feel like our fans Don't know what to expect Anymore from us Yeah We've, we've fostered A very hostile And chaotic uh, Atmosphere Okay, so here's what happens in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? We're talking about
0: that now. Like,
1: <laughs> okay, so the movie starts out. This guy's distraught. It's interesting because we're like, oh, yeah, well, what's going on? At first, we're like, this is just footage. You know, like, he can't find his phone. You know, his GameCube isn't working. You know, just like, oh, yeah, that's just another, like, like typical morning. Like, uh, you know, this guy's just going through it. But then, you know, that, this is where the sci-fi part, part gets in. It's like, okay you know the the air outside is poisonous and you're locked in so we're like okay that and that's the thing that's the first part that interested me was like the warning message on the tv and uh that were you know we were talking that reminded me i believe it's called emergency 33 the youtube videos it's those videos where they make a fake the youtube video is a fake emergency message it looks like a weather alert it has those like terrible weather alert type sounds right and um, they, but it says like paranormal stuff in the message, like, do not look at the moon, like, like, cr- like crazy shit, and <laughs> do not open the front door, yeah, only exactly. open the back door, and it's like it has like the quality of a, like it was done by like a low local like cable station, I don't know if he drew inspiration from that, but like that's the first thing I thought of, like, because it's like the, the air outside is poisonous, you have to stay inside, you know. And it's very creepy. I think it's it was a cool premise. So first thing, I like that. That was cool. All right, Osna, tell me something that you <laughs> that you thought. I thought the the like the sound effects were really cool. A lot of like the eeriness. Yeah, there was a lot of like uh like the characters getting like super paranoid and anxious. Yeah, I felt that. Like I felt the anxi- the, the anxiousness and the paranoia. Like I totally felt it. I also felt the, the being high. Yeah, that was that was a funny little scene. Like, oh, pre- uh, just pretend you're getting high through the wall, you know? Yeah, like, oh, bro, I'm <laughs> just passing you the joy, bro. <laughs> uh, I like the sound uh, effects, like, because I think they wanted to. The main character was kind of having this like like breakdown cabin fever moment, and I think they wanted to make the viewer feel a little uneasy sometimes. Like, there's this like rattling or tapping noise without like an actual like motivated source it's just to get you to feel like as you know intense as he is or you know the scene where he's boxing he you know he has a punching bag he's letting off steam they have this like this really heavy like breathing sound that sounds like it's almost unnatural they want you to feel freaked out that's where the like the horror side of it gets in which i thought was pretty chill i like that yeah it like it I don't really have too much negative to say about it uh, because I can't judge somebody else's art because that's what this literally is. It's like an actual piece of art. Like it's how he interpreted the plot and what he was writing and how he filmed it and everything. So it's kind of like, it was very cool to see like somebody else's, like you could almost see the director's thought process. Yeah. The way it played out. Right. And it was like, okay. When you look at all that happened in the movie and play it back, you could say like, Oh, it seems like not that many things happen almost like, you know, or like, like you could look at a scene and be like, Oh, why do we just watch that scene? Right. But I decided that I decided that it was because he's trying to like play out like what the character's thinking. Like, Oh, like what if you're in that situation? Like how would you feel? He's trying, Yeah. It's trying to make you feel stuck. Like the character is honestly not to spoil it, but like he, uh, the main character opens a vent at one point and I thought he was going to like cr- try to crawl through it. <laughs> I get like twenty-eight weeks later into that bitch. Oh, I thought he was gonna pull like a uh, a Die Hard. He became motherfucker. You now thought it was in- gonna be a Christmas movie? What? No, I didn't say <laughs> terrible movie.
0: Hey,
2: bro. Hey, bro.
1: Chill. us chill out. John McClane's a Call of Duty now. You can't say that. Okay. Yeah, but Rambo's in Call of Duty, and that doesn't make it a better movie. It just well, okay, Rambo doesn't need any introduction. Okay. No, he doesn't introduce himself, he just shoots you Pulls out his knife and he fucking Okay, Where's are That's that chaotic energy we're talking about we're talking about killing people Oh, and the movie's called Who's With Me I think we, we, I I think did we say said that, that. Yeah. Yes, I did <laughs> Christian's so chaotic he forgets <laughs> Even I forget, I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on uh, It's called, and it, you know When I first heard that name I'm like, why the hell is it called Who's With Me But you watch and you're like, oh I see why it's called Who's With Me because he's You'd like never know. pretty much alone for the most part, and he's freaked the fuck out. Um, I like the little the the part title cards. It was interesting. It was kind of like okay, it's like the stages of it was the stages of death. Yeah, I think it was the stages of grief. Yes, because there's only I think three. It was it was title like cards? it was like anger. Not, maybe not anger. It was like depression. I didn't know there's gonna be a test. <laughs> Neither did I, but it was it was cool. And they do like a little, uh, you know, what's that co- What's the what? What is that poem called? Where you, where you put a line for every first letter in the word. Like it'll say like grievance, and G will be like GameStop. I yeah, that <laughs> wouldn't That wouldn't be it in real life. <laughs> Maybe if you work there, R is Rambo. GameStop, Rambo. Ah, <laughs> for Robert Lozier. I do not know what that is called, but yes, uh, yeah, it was like it was listed out vertically. it was cool. Like they, they tried uh, like this movie tried a bunch of like wacky little things to kind of like get you into the theme of it, which I appreciated. It was cool. Yeah, I um, I think a big takeaway from this is just like how creative you can get in such a small space you know with a limited budget oh yeah because that's like uh because this all took place in one like apartment yeah just i believe it's his apartment the director's apartment yeah it's all in one apartment and then there's like a little bit of him walking outside and that's it okay the thing that i want to talk about is so the the ending is kind of open-ended yeah seems like it yeah i, I I'm, I'm still piecing it together okay so not to spoil we're gonna kind of spoil like in passing uh, oh, we're gonna spoil i already said yeah <laughs> yeah you're, you're good um but basically um thanos appe- no just kidding. <laughs> so early in the film they established that while we're padded in they left the doors unlocked so do the like are they implying those are the doors leading outside, or are the doors leading to the hall of the apartment? Well, I thought there was a hall of the apartment, but he opens it, and it's just outside, so there is no hall. Well, see, okay, that's what I thought, Be- because it's light, but right. then it's all just white light. But then, at the end, they're panning around his apartment, and the windows are showing... Exactly, the padding is gone. Yeah, and it's showing, like, outside, so you would assume, like, he just opens his door, and it's outside. Maybe. Okay, now this is a stretch. I only just thought of this. But, like, maybe the whole thing is, like, an allegory for, like, depression or something. I think so. Because, like, it's, like, ah it feels impossible even though, like, it's just you in your own head. So, like, you got to take that, like, big step. Like, like, and maybe to the rest of the world it doesn't look like it. But when he just opens the door and there's, like, that blinding light, you know, it's, like, shit. And also the shit about his his girlfriend Carol. He was, like, getting really into his own head about his situation. Like, right. oh, why didn't I give her the ring? So that could definitely the be precious. tied into it. Precious. Yeah. Was this a Lord of the Rings prequel? Was this, like, Prometheus? This <laughs> yes. this one of those things? I didn't even know that was a part of that universe until I watched, like, a, like, a, a YouTube video explaining it. But, yeah, it, it's, it's really great because it shows how being alone, like, you get into your own head. And even though, yeah, he had Ailith there to talk to, she was only just like was on the other side of the wall. She didn't really matter. See, okay, I, I'm a like you know I'm a tinfoil guy. Okay, I'm made out of tinfoil. I'm a robot. I'm an asset of the KGB. You get in trouble for saying that? I don't think so. Look, the, the no? KGB, the KGB allegedly dissolved. There's a conspiracy though that like ah oh, they just went underground. They're still fighting the Cold War. And they got the sleeper cells. Yeah, they just they press the a numbers, button and then you just come out and go. I think I am because the cheeseburgers work real well with fries. That's the trigger phrase. <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, the conspiracy. So I'm like... <laughs> I mean, some of my conspiracies were dumb. Some of them weren't because I'm like... They, they show the the guy's pet turtle and I'm like, oh, I'm going to call it now. The, the turtle is the killer. The, it's not just any turtle. She has her own IMDb profile. It's Lady Turtle. Yes, that is... The, you know, I don't know how stardom goes in the turtle world, but like that's pr- that's a big deal. I mean, besides the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what else is there? Exactly, and you know what? You know, we got to get her on the show. That'd be a sweet interview. Set up just a microphone, you just hear ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sex noise, thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you implying? This inter- this is- episode is going like terrible. Okay. <laughs> <Heck yeah. laughs> Well, don't worry. We're gonna put a positive spin on it. Just, just bear with me through a few more of these jokes. And then I thought the was, sleep paralysis demons are telling me to tell you this. Yeah, see, I'm a, I'm an, I'm being spoken to by a, a greater entity. Schizophrenia. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, oh, he's gonna eat the turtle when he's out of food. I thought so too. I thought he was gonna okay. legit eat the turtle. Okay, I said it as a joke, and then there was that scene before he left. Or he's holding it? Or he's holding it in front of him, and I'm like, dude, this is the exact angle they would film it and at. And I said, I said, watch, well, he's just gonna rip the head off of it like Ozzy did with that bat. Thank you for not making that happen in this movie, okay? <laughs> yes. We appreciate it. We did not want to see that happen. But the, okay, jokes aside, the real conspiracy, I'm like, what if he's nuts, and Ailith isn't even, like, real? Like, because Ailith is technically just a disembodied voice, technically speaking, so like, what if he's just like, having a fucking like a shining moment i didn't even r- realize that that's totally like w- what if what if this was like he just like took the wrong drugs or something because he said he's on medication that's true granted it's like for like liver stuff but what if this is an anti-medication allegory w- w- notice he stopped he ran out of pills and then he came to he came to yeah Bro, we just cracked the code. There was no secret ending. <laughs> boom, boom, bop. He was watching that YouTube channel. What YouTube channel? What you were just talking about, where they make the the like fake emergency broadcast list. Oh, he was just yeah. watching that and he was just tripping and he was like, A hey, Is that real? See, and that okay, and that's weird. The transmissions the transmissions eventually stopped. They mm. did eventually stop and Aileth was just like, I gotta go, and you hear a thump, but like Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that, maybe that's part of like this, like whole narrative. Like, when you're in a bad place, you feel like you're just like waiting on somebody else to. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, I'm looking through the IMDb photos, and there's the pig, There's the frame of him holding up the turtle, like he's about to eat it. Yeah, I, I just have to repeat. He does not. No, no turtles are fucking harmed or eaten. We're just bad people, so we think bad things. Okay. What if like that's like part of the like message, like. Oh, you know, when you're trapped in this situation, like, you feel like you'll just wait for help. Like, eventually somebody else will come along to, like, fix your issues. And then once you realize nobody's coming, you know, as in the transmission stopped in the movie, then you realize, shit, like, I'm on my own and I have nothing. So that's, like, the only way I can, like, make something for myself is knowing, like, oh, nobody's coming. I got to be the fucking change. I got to be the guy. Okay, I gotta be the dude that does the stuff. So, you know, that combined with the other theory about it being an allegory for, like, I guess, depression, that could fit in. What do you think about the the whole transmission and the poison air? I thought it was, le- like, I'm, it still very could well be, the like, a legit version of the plot, but, like, now that you say it, like, I made that conclusion, like, oh, maybe he was just, like, on the wrong meds. Like, what if he's just, he's just told us, I can't go outside. Okay, see, I get really, really Paranoid with movies, with sci-fi and horror movies because this is a thing. Where at one point I said, "I swear to God, if at the end of the movie he just wakes up and this is his dream, I'm gonna be pissed the fuck off." Ah, uh, yeah, I I thought it was gonna like he was gonna wake up and he was gonna be like, "What?" And he's like at a frat party and they're like, "Bro, what, dude? Haram? <laughs> We're about to go see Harambe at the zoo." Oh no! <laughs> Area fifty one battle what bro it's 2006 wake up like <laughs> wake up dude myspace you got to make your profile yeah dude you got to make fucking soldier boy crank that play out every time somebody comes to your fucking page <laughs> <laughs> with the without the ability to turn it down that's how that's what purgatory is like you <laughs> all day long but yeah so this film was uh was definitely interesting it's it's much different than the type of films we watch but i think that's a good thing i think it's very good that we start to broaden our horizons yeah like this this the type of movie it was definitely set apart it wasn't like if we turned on something on like uh you know we found some like big movie on netflix like but like you know you could say like oh you know like there's certain ways that made that you know it didn't have like the same production quality or whatever but this movie was interesting that that how it was different made this interesting of a movie for us right so before we move on to our interview, do you have any last things you want to wrap up with? Because I, I, I want to make sure that you get all your points out. I thought the actor was funny when he was having his little funny moments, like when he's like looking in the mirror and he's like doing the faces, <laughs> or like when he got when when the transmission stopped coming in and <laughs> he does like the the prime. It's a it like the, sometimes a primal scream. Yeah, he goes. <laughs> I dug that, like him losing his fucking mind. That was done very well. Yes, it was. Uh, I think it was a very great way of expressing through through film. Like it's, I'm having like difficulty putting it into words because it's like. I don't usually watch these kinds of films, so it's like I'm trying to piece it all together. But and there definitely was like an open ended or maybe like vague part to it, which I think was intentional. So yeah, it's supposed to make you think like the difficulty to kind of like say it's this or that. <laughs> this is a viewer watch difficulty of intermediate. That's just a saying. You gotta watch it. So we can't just explain to you guys. Gotta go. Yeah, on this and isn't like this check isn't, out the link and fucking watch it. This isn't like Rambo. We go. He killed a lot of people. Yeah. No, this is one you gotta watch to get an experience for yourself. It's on YouTube, it's free. I do we wanna give this a, a, a star a, a pineapple rating before we before we move on to this interview? I think we should. Okay, so what do you what are you thinking for out of five pineapples, for p- those who don't know, we rate our films on a scale of pineapples. Why? Because we can, it's our show. <laughs> yeah, dude. Go to fucking You want tomatoes? <laughs> Bro, we probably we probably have more legit reviews than fucking Rotten Tomatoes, let me tell you. <laughs> Those stupid motherfuckers. Rotten Tomatoes is just a bunch of Reddit users. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With their fedoras on and their katanas. Oh, sorry, Dave Chappelle, your movie doesn't have enough karma. <laughs> <laughs> we can't push it on the TV. So, this, this movie is definitely different than a lot of the movies we've watched, so it's difficult to compare it in that sense. So, I'm going to say, I liked it, and... <laughs> That's it. I just liked it. That's my rating. I'm gonna give it about a 3.7. Like it's it's definitely higher end. It's like this movie wasn't like, you know, like like insane, but this was a good movie that kept me interested throughout. Okay. That's fair. Uh I give this a solid three and a half out of five pineapples. It was good. The like I was not once like, oh, this is a low budget film. Like it didn't, it didn't feel low budgeted. Yeah, like like the quality. And, you know, YouTube, they're on YouTube in 4K. Like, it's looking good. It's a good-looking yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's good. And it's, like, the shot continuity is nice. The audio quality, is, it's not like you have, like, it's like they recorded it on an Android phone. Yeah. <laughs> the San Andreas fucking graphics. <laughs> when, you, when you shoot the guns, it sounds like somebody throwing a pencil at the wall. <laughs> yeah, no, it does not sound like that. It sounds very good. It was very well, it was, it was done very well. Like, I can really appreciate the time that went into this film. So, all I can really say, though, is you should definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Go watch it. Let us know what you think. But we're going we're gonna to sign off now, and we're going to leave you with this interview. So, until next time, everybody. Jin Kui. Jin Kui. Hey, everyone. Uh, today, we're joined with Austin James, who's the writer and director of the independent sci-fi horror film, Who's With Me?, which was released earlier this year. Austin, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing?
2: Good. Thank you guys uh, so much for
0: having me. No, well, we uh, it's it's our pleasure, Austin. Honestly, we don't typically have people reach out to us with good content, and honestly, we we had been contemplating hitting you up a long time ago, but we had been busy. Everything started to align, and then we 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 hit you up, and you were able to join, which was awesome. Um, I'm in San Jose right now, and you were saying you actually went to San Jose State University.
2: Did you go for cinematography? Um, I went for, um, it was just a film major, uh, diploma in general. I had an emphasis in screenwriting, but honestly didn't do too much of that either. So, but, uh, yeah, actually, film in general. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Well, before I, I, uh, move on to the next question, I just wanted to say that San Jose State's beautiful and I'm like super jealous that you went to school here. Now, moving on, if you want to give us just a rundown of what your film is, how would you sell it to people just to so the, the listeners who haven't watched it get an idea of what it's about?
2: Yeah. So it is about a guy named Marcus uh, lives on his own and basically wakes up for what he thinks is an ordinary day um, until... The screens of all of his electronic devices kind of have the same warning, basically saying to not go outside. Um, and the only person he has contact with is his neighbor with whom he shares a wall. And uh, it's just about the two of them trying to survive this crazy situation that they find themselves in.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Chris, you wanted to ask the next question,
2: correct?
1: Now that we have the basic synopsis of the film how did you get your start in filmmaking what what led it all off
2: um let's see i probably i started paing probably in high school cuz i i've just been a film obsessive since i've been alive since i can remember and uh so started paing basically as soon as i could get a worker's permit and then kind of worked on sets at the same time i was going to film school for college and then uh, kind of worked up into the Bay area for a few years on independent stuff. Um, and then a couple of studio films shot, uh, near San Jose and I was able to get on the crew for those for like, just as a PA gig, um, and kind of just fell in love with just the making narrative films. Cause a lot of what I was doing in the Bay area was commercial stuff, which is all cool. But, uh, so I decided to take the plunge and go to LA to try to do some more narrative based stuff.
1: Awesome. All right. So now that you have this movie under your belt, you know, you did what it'd be considered an independent film. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very, very, and, very uh, like
1: a independent, limited budget. Um, so now that you have this movie, what would you what knowledge are you going into your next project, which you said you're filming now, yeah? Yeah. What would you what knowledge would you are you going into that with that you would have wished you had known before?
2: I mean, I think uh, if anything, I definitely know more about what's gonna be more finished in post than necessarily capturing live in the moment because the movie we're shooting right now has a lot bigger cast, a lot more locations, but we're still kind of doing it on this very guerrilla DIY style. So just kind of learning, I guess, the uh, the necessities of what actually needs to be captured live, because there's certainly probably a lot of shots where sound would have held us or, you know, just made us take longer um, on the shoot that I'm currently on and stuff like that. But just knowing which shots are almost certainly going to be silent in post and not just, you know, either reconfigure with sound design or put score on it. A lot of stuff like that that I just kind of know, you know, Better of what I actually need out of each day and I guess one thing that I kept up with is I'm I've shot uh I shot who's with me chronologically and I'm doing this oh, movie wow. the same um which is not the way you're you know supposed to do things mm. but uh I find that it really helps me and the actors and everyone
1: that, that's definitely yeah because I know a lot of uh you know Big time filmmakers like, no, you have to film in this order. But I feel like if it works, it works. I mean,
2: yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense on a, you know, when you're spending millions of dollars of, you know, not going back and forth uh, all the time, just shooting out your locations by the, you know, luckily my ideas are either so small or so contained or, uh, you know, I just basically know that my story can support that kind of scheduling.
1: Right. So a, a, a big thing I'm wondering now is what were some of the biggest challenges you had while either in post-production or while filming on set or even just, you know, getting all of the resources together just to start filming in general? What was what would you say would be the biggest challenges you faced?
2: Well, with this movie in particular, it was a bit of a strange one because even while filming, I feel like we are only capturing half the story because I was playing the neighbor just behind camera talking to Ryan, who's my lead actor. So even up until the last couple of months, like the movie was felt just weirdly incomplete because it just had his part of the whole movie and just kind of crossing my fingers that it was going to turn out. Okay. With that would all click uh, together. Yeah, exactly. But luckily uh, I think it mostly jails.
1: Nice. Awesome. So what, you know, as it, cause you know, you know I, we're not really filmmakers we're working towards it but we always have like our our go-to movies what would you say off the top of your head would be like your top five favorite movies or most like the movies that maybe inspired you the most to really do
2: this sure yeah honestly those would probably be two crazy different lists like the, <laughs> well, honestly we got
1: time you can yeah, do both. yeah
2: because uh, i mean the stuff that i truly love watching is like goodfellas pulp fiction magnolia um, yeah buggy <laughs> nights but i can't even contemplate trying to make a movie like that <laughs> yeah. um so in terms of like inspirations um are you guys familiar with david gordon green his early stuff um trying to think of uh george washington and uh he's got a movie called all the real girls he later went on to direct pineapple express and uh bunch of other studio movies those
1: those were were familiar but the early (laughs) stuff not so much um we're not very cultured you know Uh, we talk about rambo and stuff okay (laughs)
2: um honestly office space was probably is actually a giant influence influence on uh on who's with me in particular a just kind of the The struggles that the characters are dealing with are sort of the same about being, you know, stuck in a rut or a routine. And then uh, also Office Space has a scene where the main character talks to his neighbor through a wall. And that uh, I just kind of saw that went ding. Like, oh, that's a good way to uh, make a cheap movie. So
1: yeah, you only need one half of the cast. (laughs) Put that one in the blueprint. There we go.
2: I would say, yeah, like I said, as what I really enjoy watching, I would almost never even attempt to make, or at least not right now. I couldn't uh, imagine trying to do something as kinetic as what my favorite filmmakers are doing.
1: Say, for example, I want to shoot, you know, a short film, an independent film. As being somebody who has one under your belt now, you know, officially under your belt, what are what are some things you would give? advice tips you would give to somebody who's looking to start
2: yeah um i'd say depending on what your money situation is um one of the restrictions i put upon myself when making this movie is to write a screenplay that uh didn't have anything that i didn't own or a friend didn't own or that i knew i couldn't like that wasn't tangibly in my world so i forced the story to kind of you know, make do of what was just literally around me. Um, and I felt that was a good strategy in terms of it just helps it not seem as big and scary to to do when it's just kind of your own world. Um, And then the second piece of advice, I guess, would just be uh, try to work with friends or people you like because, yeah, you have to be stuck with them for a long time, for long days. So uh, good people are always fun to be around.
1: Okay. So, you know, you're you're, you're the head of this thing. So did you have uh, any moments where you felt overwhelmed by all the things you had to keep track of?
2: Uh, I mean, I think going into production maybe the last couple weeks of that was a little frantic um just because this movie was a super diy operation so i was literally doing the construction on the fake wall in the apartment that he punches through and i was painting all the paintings that are all over the house because i didn't want you know copyrighted stuff and i didn't want white walls so
1: well, hey, uh, now you get an art background. movie thing yeah, exactly. doesn't work out, just start making art.
2: Yeah, so uh, as it started getting close to the wire, things were kind of building up, but I tried to, you know, just uh, compartmentalize everything and uh, not try to get too overwhelmed. And then uh, during filming, it was actually surprisingly smooth, but I think a lot of that was we were filming in my apartment and... Uh, you know, our filming place uh, pace wasn't too hectic in anything. We weren't trying to, you know, bite off more than we could chew. So, yeah, it was prepped enough that it never really felt like it was, like we were losing it, you know, at any point.
0: Nice.
1: Nice. So now that all is said and done, what part do you like? the most of the whole process? Do you like the storyboarding and writing up the screenplay? Do you like filming it? Or are you like me and you're like a post-production kind of guy?
2: Uh, yeah, I say. I mean, the most fun part was, you know, the 11 days just hanging out with Ryan, who's my actor, and Steven, my DP. That was the most fun part, just that 11 days of, you know, just making a movie with friends. But I think my favorite part, like creatively might actually be sound editing and sound mixing.
1: My man. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah. It's, you know, when I, when I had done short films before this, I'd always kind of experimented with sounds and, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that the sound doesn't necessarily always have to match what you're watching. And sometimes it can be really interesting uh, juxtapositions if you, you know find a really weird out of place sound effect or you know overlay sounds from a previous scene onto another one and uh all that stuff was just really fun to to mess with.
1: Awesome. That I mean like a mad uh, scientist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I just appreciate that he said sound cuz I I do a lot of of video and audio editing and I feel like people overlook the audio part way more than they should.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a big giant part. And yeah, like I said, about what I'm shooting now, just kind of knowing which native sound is actually important to pick up because knowing how much is just really constructed in post was sort of eye opening.
1: I understand NDAs are a thing. Is there any sort of hint you can give it to what you're you're shooting now? maybe give people a little taste i mean i don't want to be like oh i can't say everything
2: no 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 not at all um and it's all my own thing so no ndas it's just me (laughs) um (laughs) i am
1: the
0: nda
2: yeah exactly um the thing i'm shooting now is kind of a very wacky i would say comedy but it's kind of like if if david lynch maybe directed a comedy (laughs) so it's it's extremely weird and like you know a little gross at parts certainly but uh the story is just completely wacky and ridiculous detective story yeah i don't know kind of like if david lynch directed like big lebowski or something that's a that's kind of the vibe i'm going for Interesting. Um, but i've actually um before the movie i'm shooting now i actually made a couple other movies between who's oh, awesome. with me and this so the next thing that's probably going to be released is actually a documentary that I made. Oh, cool. So that that's probably going to be the movie that gets finished first. But once I get back home from the shoot I'm currently on, I have three movies to, to finish. So I need to strap <laughs> down and actually wow. do that instead of uh, just filming something else.
1: Yeah, I just want to make movies with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, so is there anything, you know, maybe you want to, you want to plug, you know, before this whole thing's out and done socials where you, we, we can find your content.
2: Yeah. Um. So if, if anyone uh, listening is interested in watching the movie, you can literally probably just YouTube search uh, who's with me with an apostrophe and uh, it'll be who's with me full feature. Um. it will probably be one of the first five or so to pop up will be under the uh, Flo Rida music video of, <laughs> of his song <laughs> Who's With Me um, and then our Instagram page is at uh, WWM underscore film right now that's just kind of the page for the movie but as these other things start coming out I think the page is just going to kind of become you know all things that we're doing so
1: Austin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Uh, we're really hopeful that people listening will will take a look at the movie, and we can't wait to see what other things you have in the works when that comes out. So once again, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you coming on the show.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll you know be back with my next weird thing, whatever it is. Absolutely.